The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Money is an awesome thing if you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Welcome to Straight Talk, Clear Decisions with Rick Saylor and co-host Eric Hamburg. As an investor, you should know what you're buying and what you're really holding. We'll demystify investing and lay it all out for you in easy-to-understand terms. Now, here's Rick and Eric. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. Well, hello, I'm Rick. And I'm Eric. And we are your Transparent Wealth Management hosts. Welcome to our show. Hey, another happy Friday to you, my friend. Another happy Friday to you, sir. And it's a long time coming. I know, actually, our listeners heard an encore uh, presentation, which I think was a good one. Mm-hmm. And um, and yes, we love to do these live, but of course, we were traveling and actually at a conference in beautiful Las Vegas, we're Nevada. The warm state. It was warm there. <laughs> and... Um, you know, some people go for the gambling and the casinos. Some people go for the shows and the sites. I'm in the latter group. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched my wife, Kim, plug in, you know, 20 bucks and watch it disappear. And I said, play the lower odds and just make it last. <laughs> we'll get free beer. That's right. Because they were $10 at the bar. Or just I spend. mean, she played back and won enough to where we almost got free beer. Mm-hmm. But we also got to see one of the... Um the greatest engineered inventor, undoubtedly, you want to it, marvels of our time. And, the, and if you have not seen and toured the Hoover Dam, put that on your list. You must do before you uh, before you die. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, totally love that. What a miracle in engineering! So it's, uh, it's interesting how how advanced, quote unquote, they were. You know, back in the 30s, 19, what is it, started in 1930s? Well, we talked about that. Think about the pyramids that were built thousands of years before that and the engineering marvel that was. But it was on that scale. It was that kind of, they had, I, I didn't have any idea. You know, they were looking, they said it would take, what, 125 years or something for that concrete to cool. Mm-hmm. Well, they couldn't wait that long because they did it in five years, came in two years ahead of schedule because they were actually using refrigeration pipes of some kind and running cold water through there to cool it down and accelerate <laughs> the cooling process. And, I mean, it was just they did a matrix, you know, in terms of blocking and how they poured that concrete and everything. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, again, that was pretty cool. I saw the, uh, what was it, the Neon Sign Museum. They call it the Boneyard. It was downtown. I love history. So looking at all those old Las Vegas signs was cool. And and a company that made those now eludes me. But uh, we saw it during the day. Hoover Dam, I think we saw in the afternoon. Yep. And then we went down to lovely Fremont Street. Fremont Street. <laughs> and boy, that was cool. It was uh, it was an interesting experience. That's old Las Vegas. That's the old Las Vegas strip. Binion's is down there. And again, of course, I haven't done that that history. I knew that Binion's was one of the first places to cover the front of a square building with lights. The entire front of it was covered in lights. It made it this cascading attractive, vibrant kind of thing. Well, 
now they've added a what a an LED canopy mm-hmm. that covers that thing, or at least three blocks of it. Three blocks. What would you say that thing was? Four hundred yards that we ziplined that. I would say at least four hundred. Yeah, and we ziplined. We were over top of the people on on Fremont Street. On Fremont, <laughs> you know, and below the LED light canopy, and it was just it was a good time. It was. We liked it so much we came back the next day and did it for a couple more hours. <laughs> you did. I didn't. How about, that's right, you you clicked off after that because you'd been in the casino the night I before until a three-hour time difference catches up. It'll, it'll catch up to you at some point. What was that place don't... called? The Heart, Heart Attack Heart Cafe? Th- the Heart Attack Grill. Heart Attack Grill. So we're sitting down there drinking cold adult beverages of our choice, watching people get onto a scale because it said if you weigh more than 350 pounds, you eat free. And in two days, we saw, I saw two people qualify. And I don't know that they were ecstatic, you know, happy people that they <laughs> did qualified. Did they walk in and get a, get a, a five-pound burger? I guess they did. <laughs> but, I mean, it was just a hoot to watch the thing, you know, and watch people jump on in groups and, mm-hmm. you know, some, and then we started guessing, okay, well, that person's big enough. No, that person's not. We were guessing their weight before they got on, and it became quite the uh, entertainment value. That's right. So it was a good time. Well, now we're back in Cincinnati. What's well, good to be back? And, uh, of course, you know, Eric, we get we get asked on a regular basis, it seems like, you know, what is a holistic uh, model look like? And, you know, it's kind of the end-to-end process. There's four pillars in the world of financial planning, let's say. You know, there's investing, there's taxes, there's insurance, and there's estate planning. You know, when I think about, again, about the investment model, um, it just makes sense to me to be solution-based offer fee-based or commission, just whatever, you know, solves the problem. On taxes, you can do both tax planning or preparation. Um, you know, the preparation is mandatory. you got to file your taxes each year. The planning is optional. So we've partnered with a few CPAs that will go back, you know, two years to see, you know, how you filed, see if you made any mistakes. And if you did, maybe they are amendable and maybe file a corrected return. Or if you haven't, or if they can't make that mistake, you make sure you don't step on that same landmine going forward. That's planning. So you got a three-year look back. I look at, you know, the world of risk management, um, and it's, you know, what, it, what kind of coverage have you really got and what are you paying for it? Are you paying a fair or reasonable price? We have partners that do that. You know, and I look at the areas particularly we're going to, uh, you know, I think some of what I wrote in The View this week was on that very topic of the anticipated cost of health care. You know, baby boomers, if you're not paying attention to that, you're asleep. Need to be looking at the new long-term care alternatives and some of these other things. We have partners that do that because uh, we can do a great job managing wealth. But if uh, you hit some big giant healthcare pothole, boy, that could sure wipe wipe you out. Yep. And the last pillar is estate planning. So we work with both elder law and estate planning attorneys. Uh, you know, you've you've lived your life, you've grown grown your assets, you've accumulated the wealth. Now it's time to make sure your wealth and your your assets get passed on to your loved ones, not courts, hospitals, and attorneys. So do the, doing the proper estate planning today uh, can make sure that you're going to pass those assets in the most efficient way possible. Absolutely. Feels like a train wreck in slow motion otherwise. Yep. Shame to see you, you know, use that, enjoy it, but, but you know, pass it on to your loved ones, not the ones that love your money. There you go. Now, of course, today, you know, as always, Eric, this is an educational program. We're not giving advice. You should certainly seek advice. Um, you know, from competent, you know, investment advisors, you know, tax or legal advice, real estate people, whatever. Uh, sometimes we, certain statements we make during the program maybe appear to be forward-looking. Nobody has a crystal ball. The opinions we express are certainly ours. They're not our broker-dealer, MPC. 
Uh, you know, we are both registered under a broker dealer as well as under a registered investment advisory. We hold all kinds of licenses and everything, but that just covers us. Yep. A couple ways you can contact the contact us though during our show because we will take live questions on the very last segment, and you can send us emails. So if you want to call in um, and ask us a question, give us a call at eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. That's eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. Or you can shoot us an email, info at straighttalkcleardecisions.com. That's info at straighttalkcleardecisions.com. And that's if you're shy. That's right. If you don't Great to hear, hear your yourself. voice on the air, but uh, uh, take those questions out and, and send them to us. They'll pop up right here. You could tweet us. You know, we, we're on social media. So uh, Facebook, like us on LinkedIn. Twitter, we are at retirement, R-I-K-T-I-R-E-A-E. E-M-E-N-T, easy for me to spell, <laughs> at retirement. So, um, you know, the topic today, Eric, is one that, you know, I've, I've just been celebrating. If you're, if you're one of our, our LinkedIn friends, you've seen this, uh, and I think on Facebook as well, that I'm now entering my 32nd year. Mm-hmm. I thank you, the first part of May. I can't believe that I'm 32, 32 years, years doing this and still having fun. Our technician, our radio technician here, uh, Fish, is he turned 30 the other day. So, man, I've been doing this longer than you've been here. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just one of those odd kind of things that you don't really think about, you know. But uh, every once in a while it pops up and you go, oh, wow. Yeah. So thank you for I all those congratulations and well wishes. And um, I can tell you I'm just getting started. I'm loving this and love what we do and love who we do it for. That's right. So, I mean, one of these questions that continue to come up, and this happens to be the title of our show today, is how to tell if your financial advisor is really working for you, really working in your best interest. You know, that principle could be applied to a lot of different mm-hmm. professions. I've always wondered that. My parents, um, and probably mostly on my mom's side, you know, raised me as a skeptic. So, I mean, I think when I was a kid, I was a skeptic. I remember having thoughts about, you know, uh, you know, going to church and wondering, hey, you know, what I'm hearing here isn't lining up with what they're saying. And I think I was eight years old. You know, so I think they they grilled me in the in the world of skepticism. You know, you just don't want it to turn into cynicism, mm-hmm. right? So there's a healthy balance there. Skepticism means have the courage to ask the questions. Now, one of the things that we're really devout and focused on, big on education because we want folks to be able to ask intelligent questions, to be able to recognize what it is that they're really looking at. Yeah, it's trans. You know, you know, one simple word. It's transparency. What are you getting? What's the value? And what, you know, why did you buy it? Why are you investing in it? What is it really doing for you? Is the question. You know, with transparency and asking those right questions. Yeah. So you know, when I think about the first thing that that uh, that kind of comes to mind. You know, with all the different things that you can be doing, one of the things that jumps out to me right away is, you know, is your financial advisor, the firm you're working with, you know, do they offer everything? What do you, or, mean, what do you mean by everything? Well, are they fee-based and commission-based? You know, I, I really think of it in simple terms. Uh, if if somebody is only fee-based, that's really another name for, you know, bias, Mm-hmm. There's a bias there because what are they going to try to sell you? Fee-based planning. Planning. So really, that's a that's a a different form of commission. <laughs> that's right. And we're not we're not. Sa- that's, that's how they eat. That's exactly right? what it is. 
and we're not saying one is any better or any worse than the other. We're just trying to point out the conflicts of interest that can arise. I think that's the key phrase right there. Where's their conflict of interest? Mm-hmm. You know, because the other side of that is the commission only people who are they eat what they kill. So, and they tend to be if they're really good salesmen, they're doing a lot of killing. Hopefully. You know? And you hope that it's it's going to work in your best interest. But we're going to drill down on some of these topics, like, you know, with the new Department of Labor ruling and the fiduciary ruling, we're going to talk about that a little bit and not not get muddled down in it, but I think understand, you know, uh, some of the good points in it and then certainly the limitations, mm-hmm. you know, so both sides of that. Um, you know, we're basically going to talk about the difference between what I call peddlers versus planners. You know, now in my 32nd year, I've seen a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the big the big um, things we'll hit on is the difference between suitability and what's in your best interest. You know, that's a big, big, big um, piece that's really the Department of Labor is focusing on. But that's what we've been focusing on because just because it's suitable doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be right for you and your situation. Sure. So we'll talk about those rules. You know, I'm reminded of that movie. If you didn't see that movie, Wall Street, with Michael Douglas, and then there was a second follow-up. I think the first one had you know, Charlie Sheen, and I can't remember who was in the second one. Somebody different who was a little protege. But uh, Gordon you know, Gecko. That's him. That's him. Gecko. So he, you know, his statement that you know greed is good. You know, I would disagree with that. I would disagree with that. Uh, greed to me is avarice. It's an extreme. It's a, you go through the buffet of life, and instead of just putting what's on your plate, you're piling it on. I mean, you're taking more than you could ever possibly eat in three lifetimes. That's greed. Self-interest is, I take a plate, and yeah, I want to eat, you know, and I get what I think I can eat. You know, that's self-interest. Mm-hmm. You know, it's survival. <laughs> and everybody has it. Yeah. So, I mean, when we, number one, realize, let's, let's, uh, let's look at anything that we're engaging in. I would first and foremost be looking at that component and saying, well, first of all, everybody has self-interest. And if somebody says to me, oh, no, you know, I'm not focused on that. I'm just focused on other people. Number one, there's one of two things. Either they're unaware or that's dishonest, and neither one of those work for me. Nope. You know, so I tend to disengage people that that try to pretend like, you know, they're completely, um, you know, benevolent. I think only God himself truly truly gave out a benevolence, expecting nothing back. Mm -hmm. You know, short of being God, you know, which we're not, and I I haven't met on a personal basis yet. uh, You know, I tend to think, you know, humans are humans. Yep. So there's going to be that balance of, uh, you know, yeah, you have self-interest, I have self-interest. How do we get bring this together? So, I mean, some of the common sense things, certainly in the world of investment, you know, is, you know, what does somebody have to offer me? What's their focus? Like I just had this uh, story, and I hear this quite a bit. Somebody came to us and, and graciously complimented us, went to our website, you know, researched us. We love that when people check all that out. We put a lot of time and energy into that, you know, so it is special and it gives you a lot of resources and educational. You just go on there and request those white papers on any topic. If you missed a show, you can pick it up, you know, on Voice America, on iTunes and podcast. You know, they, they do those. And we have a whole bunch of shows. Uh, you know, our technician, Fish, is archived onto our website, straighttalkcleardecisions.com. But, you know, one of the things that, uh, 
that we continue to be focused on is people who have more knowledge, you know, tend to make better, more informed decisions. Now, the question is, what kind of information are you getting? Well, just like this meeting that occurred recently where the person said to me, hey, I got referred to somebody. I go in, I talk to this, this person, and I'm, they're saying, I'm trying to give them this whole picture. And this individual, um, which is not uncommon, you know, with a peddler, jumped to trying to sell him a disability policy. Now, he said, I'm talking about, you know, one thing, and this is what he's focused on. And he said, even when it finally said, okay, I just kind of went along and waited to see what the proposal was, and the proposal, the plan he was proposing didn't even fulfill the need of what the guy proposed to him. He said, okay, here's your shortfall, but let's just get you something. Let's just get you in and get you started. That should be, that type of attitude should be one of the number one red flags that somebody's just trying to sell you something. Because what are they, what are, what's the biggest thing they're not doing? They're not listening. You know, it's not about, you know, somebody selling you something or putting you, but putting you into a stock or a bond or a mutual fund. It's them listening to you to understand what are you really here for? What are you trying to accomplish? whether that's saving for retirement, whether that's for a specific purpose. You know, they got to be able to listen because that's the only way you're really going to get a true recommendation that's really going to fit your situation. So let me put that in simple terms. This person was being presented with a product, not a process. So be thinking process. You know, a process would look more like this. Somebody comes in, um, We start, for example, in in competent planners, any competent planner, not just us, is going to look at this and go, okay, let's figure out where the problem is. Let's find out what's broken. Um, And they're going to ask a lot of questions. They're going to find out life history and and a lot of different things and let you talk, you know, and just, and that's our time to listen and hear because I'm going to tell you what, retirement, financial independence may be spelled the same way. I've never seen two people in 32 years that look exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. It's like snowflakes and fingerprints. They're unique. They're identical. You know, they're unique in their uh, their feel, their goals, everything, and how you're going to get there. Well, in a process, you're going to begin with the end in mind. You should be looking at the end down there, saying, "Okay, what's that look like up here, and where am I at right now? And here, what steps am I a going to take to get there? And b, take a look at what I got and tell me what may not be working toward that goal." Mm-hmm. Now, that's a process. Now, there may be some of the same solutions that come in in that process, but that's why we always love starting with a financial plan. I don't know of any better scientific way to measure metrics than to look at something that's an integrated dynamic. I'm not talking about these cheap things you do online. They, they have part of the picture, but I've never seen one that has all the picture. Mm-hmm. You know, you need one that's, that's pulling feeds off of your, once it knows what your holdings are, that it's updating every day. And it's integrated into other programs. I know we probably use, what, three or four different programs that integrate there. Between assessing risk to looking at, I know, hidden levers, mm-hmm. you know, stress test portfolios against certain scenarios, you know, headline kind of things. That's what an integrated program looks like. And then it's integrated into our financial planning program, too. Yep. So it's got all those types of things. And we pay big bucks for that. But, you know, that's why we... We do that. We can do that. Afford to do that professionally because we want, you know, the most, the best picture that we possibly can present. Because when we get to the end of the line, you know, after those inputs are in there, it's it's going to spit out 
you know, uh, what I want to say, potential, it's going to, we're going to be able to see the problems. Mm -hmm. And then we as professionals, you know, we're going to look and say, okay, we're here. And again, we go back to what's in our bag. Well, if you got every tool in your bag, then, you know, that's most likely. You're going to be able to have an, an answer to the solution. And not solution, huh? Just one answer, one arrow in your bag. Yeah, so we're really going to drill down on this. Uh, you know, how to tell if your financial advisor is really, truly working for you. So we're going to drill down more on this. I know we've just kind of scratched the surface and set the table, you know, for where we're going with this. But uh, stay tuned. You're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your no-nonsense host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Money is an awesome thing. If you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Hey, what about estate planning? An up-to-date will guarantees you're going to go through probate. And without, well, don't worry about it. The government will decide for you. The three enemies to an estate today are, number one, the federal inheritance tax, two, probate, and number three, income tax. So your choices here are you can give all your money away. That might not be any fun. You may need it. Or you can create a trust to hold those assets. And remember, you don't have to own the assets to enjoy the benefits. So a revocable living trust can help avoid the expenses and costly delays of probate, and along with a living will, power of attorney, durable health care power of attorney. So be sure and ask about our attorney partners today for a free consultation. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. Money is an awesome thing if you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Hey, have you heard about the new long-term care alternatives? Many of you may know how I managed my mother's care, and I took her through her money in the spend-down into the veterans' benefits. My father was a two-time Korean War vet and right into the Medicaid. She started out at $2,700 a month in assisted living, and at the end of her life, two years later, it was over 8000 The three concerns I hear the most about long-term care insurance protection is that it's expensive, the premiums are rising, and I may never use it. Well, why don't you try what I did? I bought a life insurance long-term care. They can't cancel me. The premiums can never go up. And, oh, yeah, I can spend that death benefit before I die if I'm critically, chronically, or terminally ill. Be sure and ask your advisor today. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Money is an awesome thing if you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Well, you're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your no-nonsense host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Amber. Sorry about that. We had a little technical difficulties there. Well, you know, there are black holes that exist in space. They say they're not there. Well, I would contend they are. <laughs> we just hit one. They're still there. They're still there. So we're on this topic of how to tell if your financial advisor is really working for you. Now, you know, this topic of, 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 and really in the first part of the show, we were talking about, is somebody fee-based, are they commission-based, are they solution-focused? And, 
you know, the best, the best scenario would be have somebody who's solution focused. They're going to start with a process. They're going to, they're going to try to help you figure out a, where you want to, where you're going. Cause how you, excuse me, how are you going to know if you hit the target if you don't know? Mm-hmm. The second thing is, is then go back and be able to evaluate and assess what is it that's working and what's not working to tell you what's broken. Then from a solution base, be able to offer fee-based or commission-based solutions, whatever's the best for you. Because sometimes it does, in fact, make sense just to pay a commission rather than an ongoing fee. Now, if it's fee-based, I would truly be looking for somebody who's the better that that you do is the better we're going to do. We're on the same side of the fence. Yeah. So it's going to put us side by side because the more money you make, the more money we make. Mm-hmm. And the more money you lose, the more money we lose. You know, we're on the same side. So it's uh, it's typically better. It's not that it's always better. You know, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. Dep- it all depends on the situation, what you're trying to accomplish. Well, and one of the most common things sometimes I hear from people that uh, that aren't quite aware uh, of what how our world works is they'll say, well, how about I just give you my money to manage and uh, you just get a percentage of the upside of what you're giving me. And if I lose money, I don't pay you anything. And that would kind of be like, it reminds me of the story of the, you know, if you look at any technician or professional, and I would be like, okay, I'm not going to pay you to analyze my problem. I'm just going to, once you figure out what it is, I'm just going to pay you to fix it. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, I don't think I know of any profession that works like that. No. But it does remind me of this story where that, and this is a true story, that there was a, a nuclear crisis at one of the nuclear plants. And the team that was there was trying to figure out what it was that wasn't working. And they could not figure it out. So they call in this specialist. This guy spends two days and he's going through all this stuff. Finally, he walks over, he flips a switch, you know, and he walks out. And it fixed the problem. So a few days later, you know, the CEO uh, or whoever the billing department gets a bill, and it's like for $100,000. And the CEO said, that's crazy. You're only here for two days. So he calls this guy, and the guy says, oh, the analysis time, the two days I was there, I didn't charge you for that. No one would switch to flip. That was what cost $100,000. (laughs) So it's always what's at stake and the professionalism of somebody who understands how that that works, mm-hmm. you know, is all the difference in the world. So sometimes when I, and there are people who are do-it-themselfers, you know, we come in a, across a fair number of those and, hey, God bless you, good luck. I know how hard we look, at, you know, work at it and what we look at every day, you know, just to try to get it right. And I know the smartest people in our business get it right half the time. You know, so when I look at that in contrast, you know, it's like any professional, do you really want to get the cheapest surgeon is going to do open heart surgery on you. I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, I don't want the discount guy on that. You know, I'm going to do your eye surgery. You know, maybe it's a little different when you're looking at a mechanic, but I don't know. I don't want that either. You know, I tend to look for the best value. And, and in, in my ex- life experience, it's usually not the most expensive and not the least expensive. It's usually that person, the value is right in the middle with a good reputation and good standards of excellence and service and everything else. Because far too often when you're just treating, you know, say a financial advisor like a commodity, you're going to get what you pay for. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, unfortunately, that's 
that's probably not the best selection for those other professions either. And, and don't don't buy. What did I see on uh, King King of Queens one time when uh, Doug got uh, got a coupon for LASIK surgery? I didn't, you know, I didn't, for I didn't see this one. Oh, this is this is an old show, and uh, you know, don't don't use coupons for LASIK surgery either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs> you know, but that's I think that's one of the common sense things that maybe is elusive that a lot of people just kind of. And if don't you, see, don't pay attention, not on the radar. And if you don't know, you know, are you in a fee-based investment? Are you in a commission-based product? If you don't know, one of the giveaways that we're going to give on our show today is going to be a free second opinion. We'll sit down and we'll show you, you know, what's a commission-based investment that you might have or what's if it's all fee-based so you can understand what you're in and, you know, maybe why you're in or maybe why you're not somewhere else. Hey, your advisor should not be ashamed of telling you what they get paid. We're not. That's what transparent wealth management is about. Mm-hmm. Now, let me let me add this. That's the fee. That's not the cost. The cost, when I think about people, again, going back to do-it-yourselfers, they are some of the most expensive, the most costliest mm-hmm. advisors that I've ever seen. Because knowing what to buy, when to buy it, and when to sell it, you got to have an exit strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, being able to evaluate that from the from the get-go to see where there's demand. Somebody just asked me that recently. Well, I don't understand how to determine the trends. Well, why don't you buy some of the subscriptions and pay the tens of thousands of dollars we pay and then, and then read it every day, mm-hmm. you know, and then, then you'll see that. But then you have to make a judgment, you know, and I know that we're not, we don't make the same calls as some of our peers do. You know, we get access to the same information anybody else can get access to. It's just the route we take and you once we pay, get that information. you got to pay for it. And that stuff isn't free, you know. I was asked, you know, I get asked quite a bit, well, you know, what is the value of the stuff I see on CNBC? I said, well, usually by the time you've heard it, it's too late. That's education. It's, it's more uh, entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's some informative stuff, but I know one of the trades that we – had uh, picked up last year, got rather crowded this year, but it came in way late. You know, by the time, and I'm not saying that people didn't make money, they probably didn't make what we made on it. Mm-hmm. But again, uh, there's no guarantees of that. So again, it's, it's just one of these things, watching that, um, you know, monitoring it. Well, let's move on to this next point, peddlers versus planners. How can I tell whether, who I'm dealing with? I think one of the the first telltale signs is, which one's actually listening to you? You know, if they're listening to you, they're going to understand, A, what you're working with, and B, what are you trying to accomplish? Um, you know, that's that's the first. Because if it's a peddler, guess what? They probably only have one or two arrows in their quiver, and they can only sell a few things. So depending on what your situation is, they're going to spin it to make to make it seem like what they have is the the best solution for that. And I'm not saying that it's not the case sometimes. But again. So here's one that occurred to me while you were just talking. So commonly we hear in our industry, oh, I don't do that. I would never recommend that. <laughs> okay, well, that should be a sign right there that they just limited your access to a solution. Because 32 years now and counting, if, if a tool works right and works well for one person one time, I can't take it out of the bag. It's got to be there now. I may not use it very much, kind of like my golf game. I still carry around a lot of clubs. But if I use that club one time, I'm like, I know I can't get rid of that club. (laughs) 
So that's why you've got 32 clubs in your that's bag. That's it. That's it. I, I know the, the, what is the, what's the limit? 19? Something like that. I've been told that several times, but, um, you know, my favorite one is that ball retrieval device I've got. I don't think that counts as a, you know, and I'm, of course, it's not mine that are going into the water. It's everybody else's. It's everybody else's. You're just, but uh, I like, I like retrieving those. those are, and, and hit, hit really good balls too. I like pro V's hit those. Cause I want to fish those out of the water. <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of a good analogy when you think about that, that, you know, if it's, if it works well one time and if you don't have it in your bag, you know, then you can't use it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to be stuck trying to use something that, that is being, you know, morphed or molded or something, being retrofitted to try to make it work. And that works in the financial world too. So, you know, a, a planner, like you said, is more processed. They're asking a lot of questions at the front side. They're going to try to understand your situation before they ever say, hey, try this. Yeah, and more than likely, though, at the end when they come back with whatever they're going to, you know, recommend is they're going to, you know, probably tell you, hey, this is what you're looking for because this is what you've told me. This is what this investment is going to do for you. And here's how we can we can always monitor it. It's not that you buy it today and put it in cruise control and you let it go forever. We're going to buy it today and continuing monitoring it. That's what a planner is going to do because there will be a brick wall that it hits at some point. We just don't know when and how big of a brick wall it's going to be. And once that day comes, you've got to be able to maneuver your way around it and maybe make a couple adjustments. Well, sure. And I look at, again, I look at the, um, if you haven't started with a roadmap, how do you know, if you don't know the target of where you're going to end, how do you even know you're going to get there? Mm -hmm. Financial independence. How many, tell me this. I mean, we know this, Eric. How many times have we have enjoyed the success of our clients reaching their goals and achieving it? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm retiring. Yeah, every time they do. Every time that happens. They come you in, know. their eyes are big, they're happy. They, it seems like they hit the lottery. In reality, they did because now they get I just to saw do. somebody, you know, yesterday. I, I couldn't, she just couldn't stop smiling. And I said, what are you smiling about? And I knew. Mm-hmm. I knew. You know, her date's June 30th. Yeah. And um, she just kept smiling. And, and, and all the time I've known her and her husband, I've never seen her smile that much. You know, it's one of those things. And I said, it's got to be, uh, it's got to be comforting to know that you, within the financial, the kind, not a guarantee, but we've looked at everything scientific. We've, you think about what goes into our financial plans. We've put in, you know, their, uh, their budget, their inflows, their outflows. We've put in their portfolio they currently have. So we've assessed their risk both and reward. You know, I was back on that cost thing. You know, it's not, it's not what the fee is. It's what, what do you get paid when the market goes up and what do you get paid when it goes down? But then you're looking at vision, values, and goals because everybody is unique. I want to travel. No, I don't want to travel. You know, I want to do this. I want to give to the grandkids. I want to do this. You know, all those goals are different. So when you put those vision, values, and goals in there, then it should be tested against the metrics, you know, the stress testing, we call it, against inflation, against taxes, and against volatility. And our program tests, what is it, 10,000, 10, uh, I'm sorry, 10,000 combinations, combinations over the last 30 years. And it's going to spit out a real simple reading that says 99, you're successful, you're not going to outlive your money. 75, you're still in the, in the zone. 74, you're failing, and it, and it completely fails at 40. So then you know you either got to work longer, you got to save more, you got to take more investment risk, you got to cut your standard of living, or you got to cut the legacy to the kiddies. Mm-hmm. 
one of those got to give. There's only five pieces in the game. And if you start that planning process earlier, maybe you never have to sacrifice any of them. But if you haven't started planning but a couple years before you retire, well, now you only have a few options. And if you really want to retire, one of those more than likely will probably be sacrificed. You know, one of my favorite questions, Eric, is, you know, when we look at this, really what we do and everything we do, and you and I have talked about this so often, ideal lives realized. And what's yours look like? Mm -hmm. You know, what's your ideal life look like? That's what we help people achieve. And if you don't know what... And then monitor it on an ongoing basis. And a lot of people don't understand. They just think retirement's retirement. Well... You gotta have some. You gotta have some goals. Get some. Um, get something out of the retirement. And if you don't know what it is, how do you know you're gonna? What you gotta do today to get there? So I mean, we're gonna we're gonna finish the show here in the next segment. Here we're gonna open it up to questions again. Call us live at eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. Or if you're a little shy or you want to compose your thoughts, uh, send it to us info at straighttalkcleardecisions dot com, and we'll answer that question on the air today. On the show now, in the next part of the show, uh, we're going to talk about what does an investment policy statement look like, and, and first of all, what the heck is that, mm-hmm. right? And words. then secondly, this Department of Labor, you know, uh, decree from on high, and kind of the the pluses and minuses in that, where you can look for it to maybe help protect you, and where you might as well just forget it because there's something else better to you need to know. Uh, you know, what to be looking at. So you're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your Straight Talk Money host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Money is an awesome thing If you know how to handle it, the joy it brings Hey, have you heard about the new long-term care alternatives? Many of you may know how I managed my mother's care and I took her through her money in the spend-down into the veterans' benefits. My father was a two-time Korean War vet and right into the Medicaid. She started out at $2,700 a month in assisted living and at the end of her life, two years later, was over 8000 The three concerns I hear the most about long-term care insurance protection is that it's expensive, the premiums are rising, and I may never use it. Well, why don't you try what I did? I bought a life insurance long-term care. They can't cancel me. The premiums can never go up. And, oh, yeah, I can spend that death benefit before I die if I'm critically, chronically, or terminally ill. Be sure and ask your advisor today. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. Money is an awesome thing if you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Hey, what about estate planning? An up-to-date will guarantees you're going to go through probate, and without, well, don't worry about it, the government will decide for you. The three enemies to an estate today are, number one, the federal inheritance tax, two, probate, and number three, income tax. So your choices here are you can give all your money away. That might not be any fun. You may need it. Or you can create a trust to hold those assets. And remember, you don't have to own the assets to enjoy the benefits. So a revocable living trust can help avoid the expenses and costly delays of probate, and along with a living will, power of attorney, durable health care power of attorney. So be sure and ask about our attorney partners today for a free consultation. 
of your life. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. Money is an awesome thing. If you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Well, you're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your no-nonsense host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Amberg. Well, Eric, we've been on this topic here. Let's finish this up on how to tell if your financial advisor is really working for you and how you determine if they really have your best interest at heart. Well, the first couple of things we've covered, you know, are they fee commission or solution-based? Yep. They should be solution-based. They should be process versus product. Yep. Are they a peddler or are they a planner? Yeah, one of the ways to determine that is that the first thing they come in, do they spend a lot of time listening to you or do they start out by saying, hey, here's what you need? You know, because the saying goes to uh, to a man with a hammer, the whole world looks like a nail. Don't get nailed. <laughs> <laughs> Easy as that, right? That's what the peddlers look like. And, you know, it's that uh, it's that they they eat what they uh, they kill. So they're doing a lot of killing. Mm-hmm. You know, so stay away from that. So let's jump into this one. What What is an investment policy statement, and what does that inv- investment policy state? And everybody who is a fiduciary will have or should have an IPS or an investment policy statement. So what that statement provides, it's really it's the general investment goals and objectives of that firm's or that individual's investment strategy and how they and how they use to monitor it. So, for example, you know they they'll talk about asset allocation, uh, risk tolerance, liquidity needs could all be in an IPS because you want to understand what their process is. And it says risk allocation, but you really, I personally would want to really dig down. And we do when we when we um, go after different investments or different managers, we want to understand what's their process for their risk allocation and why are they going and moving them in certain situations. I mean, how are they, how are they selecting their, uh, you know, their, their assets? Correct. You know, their stocks, their bonds, how, how are they choosing those? So, yeah, we're, we're, we're a lot deeper than the typical person. But, you know, one of the things that's been in conflict, Eric, and a lot of people weren't aware of this, is that, it, and, and that's why this Department of Labor, which we'll talk about in, in just a few minutes, why that decree has come down and the limitations to that. But the biggest issue has been that, the industry has been too pronged. You know, we have one group that has an investment policy statement like us where that we cannot not act in your best interest. We cannot recommend something that's not going to be the best solution for you as we, as we see that. Now, how does that contrast? Well, there's another rule called the suitability rule. And the suitability rule just says, is this suitable for this investor to buy. So for example, when the housing bubble was raging in the early 2000s, Goldman Sachs was selling both long and short positions and recommending them. Now, that's not to say somebody couldn't come in and we've had people come in and say, "Hey, even though, you know, we disagree, will you execute this position?" And we will execute that unsolicited mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, you know what? That's not what we see, but if that's what you want." Um but what Goldman Sachs was doing was, you know, somebody come in and go, hey, you know, this this is just taking off. It's roaring. And, OK, that's what you want to buy. So here, yeah, we agree with you. So then the other people go in and go, hey, we think this is a bubble. This thing looks like it's going to crash. Oh, uh, we agree with you. So how can. So right there, that should that should smack of 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 salesman 
Mm-hmm. You know, somebody's trying to sell something and they're just appeasing whoever's sitting there. Now, you know, that's a, that's a, a stark contrast. And I actually had, I've had some clients, they heard the, um, when, when this all hit the airwaves, what, about six weeks ago? I think Barack Obama stepped out, the president started addressing this, which is, you know, unfortunately, it's been one of these things where some people, you know, get involved in things they don't really understand. Um, I understand the intent. The intent may have been good as we talk about this Department of Labor, uh, the Dodd-Frank rules and everything. But the reality is it was a Pandora's box, you know. And so we did have some people contact us and say, hey, well, I just want to make sure that you're acting in my best interest. We said, yeah, we've been doing that for seven years. So all this stuff that's coming down, we're going to talk about in the Department of Labor ruling. You know, most of the stuff we're we're already ahead of that curve. Mm-hmm. You know, we've already been providing that. So let's talk a little bit about that. So I think we understand now what is an investment policy statement: suitability versus best interest. Only being able to act in the best interest. Now let's talk about you know can and, and one or two schools of thought come down on this one. You know, if you're a person that believes that regulatory actions will save you, you know, then you're probably going to be pretty happy, maybe. (laughs) Big word there. With the DOL, because we're going to read right out of an article that we saw come out, you know, the DOL, uh, the Department of Labor issues, you know, the proposed fiduciary rule for the 2015 version. Now, this has been revised a couple of times. So actually, let's just kind of jump into this. Now, if you're on the other school of thought and say, you know, if you just do surgical amendments, the free market, we'll you know, can, can vet that out. So, so, for example, if, again, you want to really know somebody's acting in your best interest, won't you walk in and say, well, what do you have to offer? And they say, well, hey, we can offer you anything. Either we do this or our partners do it, but we're here to fix it. We'll help you find out what it is, and then we want to get paid to fix it. Mm-hmm. We're not now, that's probably your best scenario. There's no legislation going to, you know, going to uh, legislate that out. You know, that's just one of those things that just sets the stage and the environment for a, a, a less biased position. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, here's the thing that's come down. You know, they've, they've revamped this thing April 14th of this year uh, in the latest attempt to protect the investors from the conflicted investment advice. That's really what they're after. And we're all about that. You know, and at some point we're hoping they'll, they'll finally get a final rule because all this stuff that was just kind of dropped in that DOL version, you know, the, the Dodd-Frank thing is just, implementation of this has been a nightmare. Yep. So, you know, they have estimated, I'm not going to speak for this or against this. This is the White House Council of Economic Advisors. This is their their numbers. They've estimated um, in these conflicts of interest, which we're talking about instituting, over a $17 billion a year loss in total. So from annual losses, right? At about 1%. Annual. So these are the conflicts of interest that this rule is trying to start to impose, you know, because in the past they've been losing over $17 billion a year from these conflicts. So, you know, the goal is the same is requiring retirement investment advice to be in the client's best interest. But the methodology in this rule is different. This time, the proposed rule would require a best interest standard. And it would go across a broad range of retirement advice, basically expanding the types of retirement advice covered by fiduciary protections. Now, what we're talking about is, you know, when you're a fiduciary, again, you have to act in the best interest, not just suitability. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and who would this affect? Any advisor, forget the initials behind their name, any advisor being paid to provide individual advice, 
you know, um, what assets to purchase or sell, which means they're taking, they've got discretion, or whether to roll over a 401k balance into an IRA uh, individual retirement account, for example. That would now be defined as a fiduciary and would have to put their client's interest first. And that's not, that does doesn't just affect you know a securities advisor like we are. Um, it'll also affect somebody who only has an insurance license, and we've got an insurance license also because now you're dealing with 401k, their retirement plan money. Even if it goes into an insurance plan, they are now going to be fiduciarily responsible. So there are certain there are certain withdrawal privileges. There are certain things called net unrealized depreciation. You know, these are technical. If you want to Google those and look at those, you get a little understanding. But once you walk out of a 401k, you can never get those back. Mm-hmm. And not informing somebody of those strategies, of, of those options, would be derelict. You know, and they're going to be held accountable for that because maybe they just want to get it out now. We look at that. We explore all that when we're looking at it. We have yet to see a 401k that can compete with our platforms. I mean, that's rare because we do advice if somebody just leaves their money in their 401k or they roll it out. But there's some advantages. You know, we have 50,000 choices out here versus however many they've got, which seldom the match that. Yep. We have alternatives. We can do that out here. We can't do it inside your 401k. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, estate planning. You know, you can do stretch IRA legacy planning, multi-generational planning, much more efficiently with individual IRA than you can. Instead of a it's almost impossible with a 401k. Yep. So the second thing we look at here, um, and, and by the way, there are, except we, we say that the first thing, it has to be impartial advice in their best interest, and they can't accept any payments creating conflicts of interest unless they qualify for an exemption. And according to this author, there appear to be a lot of exemptions. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you have something called the new best interest contract exemption which still permits commissions and revenue sharing as long as they are disclosed. So good luck. And, and whether consumers actually read those things, mm-hmm. I mean, good luck. They'll have it hidden in the back page over a... So if you're not, we, we get that a lot, don't we? We mm-hmm. get that a lot where people say, I still don't know how much I get paid. Well, if you Again, that's our offer today. Call us at uh, 513-454-9999. Request a private one-on-one and we'll, that's a free consultation. We'll give you the, we'll tell you exactly what they're going to pay. It's 100 pennies in a dollar. Last time I checked. Me too. They shouldn't be ashamed of telling you what the fees are and what the costs are. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and what, you know, what do you get paid and, and uh, what are you paying and what do you get paid? Or what are you likely to get paid? So, you know, this next one is a principles-based exemption. Now, this is a new one within that same category. Um which is a concern. Well, the last one is a low fee exemption, which would, uh, they can ex- allow the firms to accept payment that would otherwise be de- deemed conflicted when recommended the lowest fee products in a given class of products. So if they just recommend the lowest fee product, then this rule doesn't apply to them. So again, it's, it comes back to conflicts of interest. Is this thing really going to... Is it really going to fix that? Correct. Well, you know what? Rely on the tools we gave you in the beginning. And again, come to us or somebody like us, ask them. They'll, they'll drill down through it. They'll tell you exactly what it is. Now, a couple of things we should mention because we're big on education. This is carved out uh, and preserved as retirement education without triggering that. So you may be getting it from your 401k or IRA, and they're just giving you education, employer-sponsored retirement plans, you know, that will be exempted. But uh, there is a – if you've got time, you want to go read that Department of Labor ruling – 
plus it's published a 250-page regulatory impact analysis of the proposed rule, facts and, and fact sheet, FAQs. So uh, if you just got some free time on your hands and got nothing else better to do. Have at it. Have at it. So I think the short of the story is, you know, wrapping up here, you know, make sure if, you ha- if you're working with an investment advisor or a planner or whoever it might be, make sure they've got a process and make sure that they have your end game in mind. You know, what is your strategy? What's your plan moving forward and how are you going to monitor it and how are you going to switch things and change things if you need to? Right. And if you, uh, you know, you can go on and look at, there's something called broker check. There's a state of insurance department regulatory things. You can find out if they have been, uh, had filings against them and how they were resolved. I mean, uh, 32 years, I know we've got a handful, but, uh, you know, we've done our very best, mm-hmm. you know, to do that. But you just want to look at the nature of those and then were there rulings against them, were there fines, what happened in that process. So there's a lot of things. And if you want that information again, we can provide that to you. Just contact us. We'll give it to you absolutely free. So we do appreciate you joining us on the show. It's been another good show. How to tell if your financial advisor is really working for you. Feel free to call us at 513-454-9999, and they'll answer that 24-7. Tell them you heard us on the show and what you want, and uh, Bill, our appointment setter, can set that up. Well, thanks for joining us. You've been uh, on our Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show and with the no-nonsense host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management